Welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today I am joined again by Dr. Pat. Welcome, Dr. Pat. Hi, so glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you again. And Dr. Pat is the author of Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? And she was featured in episode 104 of the Meditation Conversation. So that was a really beautiful episode where we talked about a lot around functional medicine and holistic health. And that's really um, Dr. Pat's specialty. And she's got a, um, some offerings that are helping others to strengthen their knowledge and understanding of that, which we'll get to. But what's super fun and where we're going to start today is around the topic of intuition and the way that this even came about, because Dr. Pat and I um, met a couple of days ago on Zoom, just catching up, and it was this really interesting and beautiful weaving of different things coming in from the dreams dreamscape and visions and things that was completely unexpected. I thought we were going to kind of brainstorm for a podcast and really didn't expect for it to take the turn that it took, but it was really profound. And we thought, well, let's just kind of go into intuition because it is such on the, on the episode, because it is such a, an interesting topic and uh, something that is available to all of us, but that maybe is underutilized in a lot of people who don't even know it's there. But to give a little recap on um, the experience that Dr. Pat and I had was that the night before we met, so we met on a morning, and when I woke up, I had this song in my head called The Shores of Avalon, and it had been part of my dreams dreamscape. It had like been playing in, during my dream time. And so before we met, I ran to get a coffee. And when I was coming back, I was in my car and I had some music playing. And I, but the shores of Avalon, that song kept coming up in my head. And I was like, oh, I'm going to put that song on because clearly like my mind wants to hear my, something in my being wants to hear it. So I put it on and then that's like the last thing that I heard before we met. And then kind of, it's looking back, it seems random, but I know it went with the flow of the conversation, but we start, you started talking about Avalon. But how we did that is that you were talking about your retreat that you just did mm-hmm. and that you just offered and that you did it in the special location. And I said, oh, that reminds me of, you know, this book. <laughs> you know? Oh, right. And, yeah. And about how women get back into their power, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and bring their and call that energy into their power, that, you know, intuitive part of their, the intuition part of it, because we all have it. We just yeah. lose it. You know, from when someone tells us that we're, you know, like, who are you talking to? Right. <laughs> it's just like, um, just, can't you see that? <laughs> you know, yeah. Kind of 
talking about kids, intuition. You know, they, go, yeah. they always say this, you're playing make-believe. That's what they told you, the quote-unquote. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, so we start talking about Avalon, and, and I just kind of stop in my tracks because that's it's not something that comes up in regular conversation for me very often. So the fact that I had just been called to listen to Shores of Avalon, it had been in my dream. I was like, whoa, okay, you have my attention here. And so you start pulling up online some images from England. And I say to you, oh, I lived in England for a while. And, um, and I think that's really all I said. I didn't say where or anything. So you start looking at like the Cornwall sort of area well, and I at was, first. Well, what I said to you was this, you know, I first showed you um, Mont Saint-Michel. Yes. And I right. said, there's a church that's right across it called St. Michael's, right? And yeah. um, and St. Michael's, um, it's like, if you go uh, draw, you could almost draw a line straight across because that's the way that the pilgrims went across to England. And um, and we bring up this picture and it wasn't at the exact location, but then we zoom into the picture and you tell the rest story. Right. And so it comes up to Basingstoke, England. And I was like, Basingstoke, that's where I used to live. Like, that's the town where I used to live. And I hadn't told you where I had been, where I had lived, because it's it's sort of obscure. Like, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard of Basingstoke, but most people don't have a frame of reference. If I'm like, oh, I used to live in Basingstoke, it doesn't really mean anything to Americans by and large. So usually if I talk about where I was was in England, I put it in reference to London, you know, like 50 miles west of London rather than the town name. So you pull up this map and it says Basingstoke on it. And I'm like, what are the odds that you would bring no, up no, no, Basingstoke? No. Well, we were looking for a place that was right across. So I was yes. looking across on this one map. Cause I had numerous pictures up. Mm-hmm. And so this one map had this red splotch on it. And I said, you know, and so I opened that one and that's the one that said the name of your town. And you went, Oh my God, I live there. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and then we started like, and then we talked about, you know, all sorts of stuff like that from there. But right. It was, it was amazing. Right? It was it amazing. Was- and there was another piece to it as well, where, um, the first time I heard this song shores of Avalon was in the, in June of this year. And when I heard it, I was, I heard it in a retreat setting. And, um, so I, it was a very, like I had my eyes closed. I was really focusing on the song and this visual came that was, um, me in this sort of cave, like a cavernous area (laughs) with two women who had head head scarves on and they one was like kind of crouched down by this water and uh and I was a little bit further into the cavern and then there was another woman standing there ne- near me and I was like I had I again I don't really have a lot of information about Avalon or reference points to Avalon this just was what just unexpectedly showed up in my mind's eye and I was like oh well, that's interesting that, you know, it felt very kind of ancient and um, sacred. And so then, but, and I did a little bit of searching at that after I saw that near that time of like, what was Avalon? What did it look like? And it, mm-hmm. it didn't show me anything about caves or anything like that, any, anything rocky. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you were pulling images up on online, there was a lot of like rocky terrain and we saw some like cave kind of entrances mm-hmm. and stuff. Right. And I was like, oh my God, that looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, and, and, and the thing was, she going like, stop. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, uh, and they go go back to that go back to the other one go back to the other one because where those caves at and where that was was St. Michael's in Cornwall and where it was is very close to Tintangel and Tintangel was the the place that is allegedly King Arthur's um where his um castle was mm-hmm. in um like Uther and so you know, I just thought that, you know, when you, when you said that, you know, and the, the things that's just like, wow, there was just so many, like nothing is by chance coincidences in this conversation that we had. And, um, and I like the, you know, I always like to practice that ability of intuition, which I think just happens for me. Um, and in conversations I have with people and clients um, and, you know, just, you know, asking them questions like, well, what happened when you're eight years old? You know, because something I feel like something happened when you're eight years old. So that intuitive part of it is a gift that I've been given that I use as often as possible, you know, to help people, you know, have like whatever it is. We just had a great conversation and we decided that we have to do a road trip. Yes. And I can drive very well on the left hand side of the road. Right. <laughs> Which is you very know, handy in England. Right. Because we all have, you know, you know, we all have past, whether they come from past lifetimes or like remembrances. They always used to say one teacher I had years, years, years ago, like 35 or something like that years ago, always said when you travel and you travel someplace that feels so familiar to you. She always said you probably had a past lifetime there, mm. you know, and so, you know, and, and there's certain places that, you know, I always have a fondness and I always gravitate, you know, going back and England is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, not so much, you know, parts of France, but not so much in the parts of France that appeal to me are the uh, Northern part where Mont Michel is and that whole area in Brittany, um, in the coast. I've always liked the coast. I like Rocky coast, like the, the movie from the French Lieutenant's woman, you know, um, there's, familiar with that. Oh, everyone should watch that movie. Mm-hmm. It has like this Rocky coast mm-hmm. and she's walking out, you know, I don't remember the whole storyline, but I can remember this, this image of her with this big cape on and walking out on this like jetty, you know, and with the, the water coming from all over the place and, and as such. So when I watched that movie, I was like, Oh my God, I've got to go there. Oh, wow. Right. Well, here we go again, because you already answered what my next question was, which it was, how (laughs) does your intuition play a part in, in your work as your, as you, as you help your clients? So um, you you said a little bit about how yours helps you to tune into the client. Are you able to help unlock some of that for the client as well, so that they can more easily tap into their own intuition? Well, sometimes you know you have to get out of your own way, and so many people. I mean, from the age five going on, I think we start getting in our own way because we're told not to believe in whatever we saw. Um, I can remember I would hold conversations with people when I was four years old in this house and um, it had a, uh, a pipe organ, right? That you had the things that you pulled to make it sound like whatever it is. And then, you know, these spirits, whoever I was talking to or um, would tell me to go play, play it. So I would just pick certain one 
you know, and I would just start, you know, playing some melody. And my father always, you know, from that experience is when I can remember my father saying, you need to play the piano, you need to play the piano. And so he, you know, he was whatever connected. My mother hated it because he said he liked it. But I can remember like after that, I learned not to say anything to my mother or my father, you know, or like I would probably say less stuff to my mother and then more stuff to my father. Um, About intuitive hits that you were getting, you mean? Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. and just like in having those conversations. And then when um, I one time went to visit, I was living in Boston and a friend of mine came to stay with me. And she said, you've got to go. Um, I meant to go, go meet her. And I ended up um, modeling at the time. So I was not dressed up like a doctor anymore. And um, so I, I went to go meet her after I practiced for the show that we were going to do. And she goes, you've got to go in and help this girl in the in the big room, the venue room. And that there's a guy there. You've got to get in line and get your hands red. He goes, he reads palms. So she said, you got to go help this girl. She looks really gray. I mean, you're you're the per- perfect person to get her unstuck and go and, and do something about this. So sure enough, all I had to do is find the, the guy reading palms. And across from her was this woman totally wiped out. And so I walked up to her and I said, my girlfriend said I should talk to you. I said, and he, this guy here told you, I don't remember if it was like five or eight years before, that you're going to outlive five husbands. And you said, no, I'm marrying the love of my life. That's what you told my girlfriend. Is that true? And she said, yeah. And like all the time, never looking at me, looking at the guy. And I said, then if that's the case, then you cannot let this guy have that much power over you. Mm. And so, um, and I didn't, didn't know this guy. This girl doesn't know what I do. And so anyway, so I just talked to her a little bit more. I said, look, I'll man your booth here. I said, but you got to go get in line and ta- tell this guy, what happened in your scenario? And, you know, because her husband died after they got married shortly thereafter, within like three months or something like that. Um, and, you know, and then there was another instance where she got involved with somebody and the person died before they, because they were talking about getting married, before they got married. And I said, you can't do that. What you do is you put your hands down, you look right at him, like, oh, look at me, look right at him and just say, you gave me a reading before and you told me I was going to outlive my five husbands. The love of my life died and the second guy died. And I now I'm paralyzed. I am not dating anybody. Mm-hmm. I do not want to be responsible for somebody else in that fashion. I said, he will look at your hands because the lines on your hands change, you know, and you're like the musculature, like, you know, someone's getting older because this pad right here starts to become flat. You know, that's better indicator of age than, you know, because there's so much Botox and stuff going around. It's a better indicator of age than your face is. Mm -hmm. So she went and did that. She came back and her face had color in it. Thank you so much. She goes, that was so helpful. Thank you for doing that. I went and got in line and I just, you know, was waiting for this guy because I had to wait for my girlfriend anyway. And I put my hands down and he went, all he said was, your days of healing one-to-one are over. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? And I didn't tell him I just sold my business, my chiropractic office, and I moved to Boston. I'm not dressed like a doctor mm-hmm. or anything else, but your days of healing one-to-one are over. Mm-hmm. And I went, where do you see that? I mean, he had my attention immediately. And he showed me a place on my hand where there was a star of David. He goes, people don't have that unless they're healers. And he goes, and big healers. And I thought, 
oh, I said, I, and, and so he told me I was going to write a book. And I went, I don't think so. Look at <laughs> behind me. Um, and, you know, and he told me, you know, about like, I wasn't going to travel that much anymore, you know, for like, I was going to like, the thing, what kind of like things have changed. And, you know, and, and the last thing he said to me is like, you know, I have to tell you, I've studied this for like 40 years. And she goes, what comes to me from studying, 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 and learning, learning, learning? And he goes, I am a technician, and I can read palms, and I have some intuitive ability. He goes, but for you, it comes naturally. Mm. And he goes, go out and heal the world. You know? and, I, and I've had experiences with patients when I've worked on them, where I had my hands on them, and I could see them in mm. my head, you know, at a different mm. time, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, you know, I saw somebody fall off a horse from a, from a different lifetime. Um, no, this lifetime. Actually. Oh, really? I said, wow. have, you ever, I said, have you ever fell off a horse, you know, and like fell back with your arms? I see your arms going up, 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 up and back, you know, and your head like started to go bang and then went bang, you know, and hit mm. a rock. And she said about the day when she goes, how do you know that? Did my yeah. husband tell you that? Wow. You know, and, um, and so, well, now I know why your neck's screwed up and why it's screwed up that way. So let's fix her, mm. you know. And so, you know, and, and it's just having that, um, you know, I, I would tell people what they ate the night before sometimes. Like, like I wouldn't, couldn't tell exactly what it was, but it's like you had fried food, right? Mm. You know, or like you, like you were someplace where you had like some, you, you know, something you don't normally eat and you ate a lot of it, you know. And there's just like, you know, points when I pressed on certain points in the body that kind of like was my keyboard, mm-hmm. you know, because my mother wouldn't let me learn how to play the piano. So I learned how to play the piano on people's bodies. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But another thing that he told me is I had the ability to heal masses of people, you know, and I just thought, I'm like, well, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so how and, did you and, start to cultivate that? those skills of like healing masses of people, for example. Well, I don't know if I can do that or not, but the, Oh, um, okay. So that one has not necessarily come into fruition yet. Well, one of those things is like my book. Yeah. You know, if people do this book, they will know exactly where to start their health journey. Mm -hmm. They'll know what their strongest points are in their health and their weakest points are. They will know, um, they can advocate for themselves, you know, so they don't have to go in saying like, okay, okay. And then your spouse or whoever asks you, it's like, what did the doctor tell you? you go, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that happens to so many people. They don't know. Right. Because your book is interactive. So it's, yeah. it's yeah. got like not only the information, but ways for uh, you to, to, utilize you know like quizzes for example for lack right, of a better like, there's a questionnaire 11, there's yeah 12 chapters of questions and one chapter and 11 organ systems so that means that one chapter is for men only and one chapter is for women only mm-hmm. you know and so there's, it's a book of questions that's a guidebook workbook and an advocating tool so that you can get the answers that you need so you can make you know an educated decision about where to start your health journey as opposed mm-hmm. to being told because a lot of times by the time western medicine was different between Western medicine and um, alternative medicines of sort is that Western medicine is all about, you know, the doctor. It's all about, you know, testing and it's all about your diagnosis and they treat from your diagnosis, but it's only a working diagnosis, you know, yeah. when they start out. So it's like an experiment, you know, mm, right. Exper- yeah. and, and so when you do like functional medicine coupled with lifestyle medicine, you're looking at a like, person base, 
that you don't treat everybody the same. You're looking for the root cause, mm-hmm. you know? And so this book is looking for the root cause of where somebody should start there. Like what's going on? What's really going on below the surface? Mm-hmm. As we saw in the last year and a half, how so many people are really sick. They're going like, well, he was perfectly fine. And then he got this virus and then virus when he got it, you know, he, he struggled and some people still lived and some people died, mm-hmm. you know? But when you look at that, it's always like, what is the associated thing that's going on below the surface? And what we know from that is that there's a lot of sick people out there that just don't know it. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways I get that word out is by doing podcasts, you know, and um, and then taking on clients or doing, you know, be asked to speak in a group. I have a course coming up that we talked about the other day, too, that is specifically the third week is going to be a special week because I'm going to give you some specific tools to see how well your body's getting rid of all those uh, toxins in your system. And you have to be there the third week in order the first and second week to do that because then you'll have better information to know how to move forward with that. You know, and you'll also know, like, when you start to get sick, you know, and you're starting feeling sick, it's only the top of the iceberg. Yeah, know? so and there's a, a period of time where there's stuff going on underneath the surface, but you're not, but it's not yeah. presenting the symptoms yet. Yeah, and, and if you hit, you know, if you hit a brick wall with something, whatever it is, microorganism, mold, because people have sensitivities to mold, and that kill them. You know, because what it does is it weakens your immune system so much that whatever you got lurking below the surface starts to, you know, come up to the surface, mm-hmm. you know, and you still don't tie it to the mold, you know, yeah. tie it to something else that's going on. But, you know, with looking at like what's going on in your organ systems and also too, the truth of the matter is that Western medicine doesn't diagnose you, you know, they, they tell you that you're tired. If you look at the analogy of a flat tire or there's a small leak in the tire they just keep on telling you to put let's put more air in mm-hmm. you know I, and i'll see you in three i'll see you in three months mm-hmm. let's put more air in you know and and they don't go like well where's that what where's that and do we have to change the tire you know or they tell you you know it's just like you know they will just like you know prolong things and your precious you know asset in your life is your health you need it for everything you know mm-hmm. and that coupled with your time, energy, and money. It's just like, I want to know what's going on first so that I can do whatever it is in my lifestyle that I can make those changes now and not wait till I'm in crisis. Nobody wants to be in crisis with their health. You don't do it in your business. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I think I'll wait till I'm bankrupt before right. I change my business profile, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, it's, you don't do that. You like, you know, you take action now, not later, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just like in that analogy of like business, your, you know, your health is business, you you know, and you need to be, you know, get down to the nitty gritty of that. Right. Absolutely. And I love the empowerment behind that too, because it really is um, often uh, with traditional Western medicine, it's, it's attacking these symptoms um, with medication or surgeries. Um, but like you say, there are other approaches that look at the root. So it's not necessarily like, you know, you, you address one problem, one symptom, but it doesn't actually affect the root cause. The empowerment piece behind all of that is that understanding of the body as a system and what we are capable, how we're capable of changing it and improving it. There's a mindset there 
that a lot of uh, Western, in particular, people have an opportunity to change um, around wanting wanting to own this well, organism and wanting to be the the authority on it. So you know, in order to do that, you have to be committed to your life. Yes, you know. And a lot of people say they're committed and they're not because mm-hmm. as soon as crap hits the fan, they go do something else. Mm-hmm. So when crap hits the fan, you know, we always got to go back to basics. But why not make basics like, you know, health basics a norm? People forgot what they are. Even what they are is just like, hey, how about drinking water and staying hydrated? And you know how much you know hydration that you need? And a lot of people go, they always say, you know, nine times out of 10, I hear yeah, I probably could drink more water, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't, you know, yeah. and it's like, you know, water, drinking more water isn't that hard. Sometimes I struggle with that, especially if I'm in the middle of, you know, doing taping or if I'm in the studio and I've got mm-hmm. to do another recording and, you know, and eating, eating, eating really, really well. And like, and choosing your foods correctly, because a lot of people don't know how to choose foods. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, you know, I tell the story in the podcast just before this, and I told this in the, more than a couple of them. And I at least keep the story straight. I was in a, like a Safeway or something like that. And I looked in the, you know, looking at vegetables and I just happened to pick up two broccoli stalks, right? One was organic, one was inorganic. And I'm standing there, I'm looking at it. And this woman was standing there and looking at me and she kind of just laughed. She goes, what are you looking at? The broccoli. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know, but one of these broccoli is organic, and I held it up, and the other one it is um, is inorganic. It's it's GMO broccoli, and and I said so, you know, and I didn't say which one was which, you know, but I said there is, you know, here you have broccoli. I said you could be fooled in thinking that the inorganic broccoli or the, or the is like the GMO one is good for you, but it's not. It's like dating. You know, the organic broccoli is the guy who like has your back. He loves the ground you walk on and every breath that you take. And you can only do it with the right kind of nutrition. That's the organic guy. The inorganic guy is the guy that says, okay, throw it in the microwave. You know, let's go. Got to eat it. We got a party to go to. We're going to go to the, you know, the docks and have some beers and watch sunset. And then from there, we're going to go to a friend's having a party, you know, and the next thing you know, it's 2.30 in the morning and you've got to get up at seven o'clock. What does he do at seven o'clock? He's still sleeping. Mm-hmm. You're, you're micronutrient deficient, you know, to begin with. And you're starting the day off like with a tank half empty. And so I said to her, which one would you want? Mm-hmm. And she's, which one's the organic one you know and <laughs> yeah. I said I said this one and she grabbed it on my hand she goes go find your own but it was so funny because it's really true yeah. I mean it's just like when you look at like you know foods and uh, you know our, my parents didn't have to worry about organic, organic because Monsanto didn't start polluting the, the ground with mm-hmm. DDT they took that off if you go back and look at what Monsanto has done for the world and the chemicals it has created, a lot of them have had to be removed. Um, you know, and it, it's just like, you know, and you have people who are still using Roundup. Why still so? They can't figure that out. You know, I had one guy in, in uh, down in Florida, I was walking with my dog and I asked him what he was spraying. And he said, Roundup. And I said, I go, you know, it's uh, carcinogenic. I mean, there's a lot of lawsuits right now, you know, mm-hmm. and one of them is lymphoma. I said, you know, I, you know that, right? He goes, well, it's only toxic for you if you breathe it in. And I said, so from where you're standing up to where 
you're spraying on the ground. There's about two feet, you know, and you're spraying it on weeds. I said, you can get rid of the weeds with just vinegar, water, and Dawn soap. I mean, we're not talking, mm-hmm. you know, probably a lot less money than around them. And I said, and I go, I go, and it's airborne. You are spraying it. That's those yeah. particles are going in other places besides it. And you have a water supply across the street, you know? And I said, so, you know, when you're looking at like, you know, how, how does that get over there? And just then his granddaughters come warning across the grass oh towards him barefoot. And I said, and what about them? 65% of what you get on your skin gets absorbed into your body. And I said, you need to throw that stuff out immediately and never, ever, ever use it again if you want to be around to hang out with your grandchildren and they grow up. I hope you have a good day. And I just kept on walking. But it's, but it's true. We've got, you know, yeah. you, you've got to ask questions. You've got to be present. You have to look in your environment. And you have to have the intuition. Like, you know, how is that? We started out talking about intuition. You know, it's just like, how does that work? Intuition. Yeah. You know, and we always say, gosh, it's always after the fact. Gosh, I had the gut instinct that was going to not work out. Or like, Mm -hmm. I should have, like, when I had that first thing, I should have made that investment as an adult. You know, I should have been, it should have been like, you know, red flag. I didn't have a good feeling about it. If you don't have a good feeling about it, don't do it. Don't do it till you have a good feeling. Those are the people that you say, oh, I've been having stomach pain and bloating, you know, and I'm starting like, you know, to get thick at the waist, you know, and I got so much stress going on. You know, it happens to everybody. Well, just like a real, that's that's what someone told me that one thing. That's what someone told you. It happens to everybody. It doesn't have to happen to you. Yeah. You know, you can take control of your health. You can take control of your life. But there's just some really points in to like, um, you know, like the, you know, even the book, like the Red Tent points out about how women create community. And in that community, because when you heal yourself in that community, you heal those behind you, you heal those in front of you, and those all around you. Mm-hmm. And so, because you're doing it together, and, you know, it's just like when you come, powers and numbers. Right. And I'm going to use my intuition um, at the moment, and I want to go back to the Roundup glyphosate um, uh-huh. conversation, because... Uh-huh. It's really funny that you bring this up. This is the third time in two days, maybe even less than that, uh, in a little over 24 hours that that glyphosate has come up in my world. So, um, And one of the times was in a book that I'm reading called, um, or listening to, I just finished it, called Song of Increase. And I mentioned that book to you in our last discussion a couple days ago. This is the um, beekeeping book. It's like about natural beekeeping. And so she talks about Roundup from the perspective of the impact that it has on bees. Um, Somebody else mentioned it about bees also that I was talking to yesterday and how she, but she, her story was so similar to yours in that um, she has had a discussion with her neighbors who were spraying um, glyphosate, and uh, she, you know, pardon me, or a like product, (laughs) right? And she talked. She has uh, she hosts bees on her property, so she was just talking about like basically they just didn't really know um, the impact of it, and you know they just weren't 
they, they just had not come across that information, so they didn't understand how harmful it is. Um, and so, like you, she kind of took it upon herself to be a little bit of an ambassador for the environment and for their personal well-being and for her well-being, being that they share airspace, um, to try to let them know in, in you know, the, the most neighborly way um, about... <laughs> how harmful and dangerous that chemical is. And so I think that there are a lot of people who don't know. They don't know how harmful Roundup is. Um, you gave a great alternative, which is, and, and I'm not, I wasn't aware of that, but the, um, the Dawn, the white, the white vinegar and the dish soap. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, it's got this impact on our gut biome and um, and on the environment itself. I mean, if you spray Roundup and bees get it, for example, they're, they take it back to the hive. It can destroy, a, it can very yeah, painfully, it, colony. It, will, it yeah. will kill it in 24 hours very painfully. It will make the queen leave. When the yeah. queen leaves, the hive dies. You know, it's, a, it's just like it's so important. See, like if it's a woman, um, yeah. it, you know, that is the, the center and you have all the worker bees. That's very, that's really quite true. Yeah. It, it will actually that. kill them rather than her, her leaving. They will, they will die a very painful death um, in 24 hours. So it will destroy. And bees are so important to our ecosystem. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if you if you have info to share on because you mentioned about it being a, car, a carcin, carcinogenic. There's there's huge lawsuits against you know um, Monsanto's already paid out. It's cheaper for them to pay out you know the damages mm -hmm. than it is for them to change. And they get so since they're making so much money. I mean, like glycophosphates are illegal in um, in some you know, countries in Europe. Like everyone else gets it, but the United States of America doesn't get it because of that level of free enterprise. And Monsanto's is like has his like big pharma has its tentacles very deep in, um, you know, the, in the government. anywhere from yeah. the Speaker of the House all the way down into the House and the Senate. You know, and the lobbyists are huge. They're really, really, they're strong. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have a lot of money. I always think that science is not necessarily science. People go like, oh, you got to listen to the scientists. Well, scientists can be bought. Yeah. And most scientists are hired by a company that, um, that needs to produce documentation so a product can come out. Yeah. And be, and be useful, you know. And so, um, you know, when someone says to me, like, you know, well, the scientists say, I'm going, who are the scientists? Right. What are their names? And who gives them a paycheck? Yeah, you know, it's true. And because ethical scientists, you know, would put a job, mm -hmm. you know, beforehand. And if you don't, if you speak up and you speak out in some instances, and you know, in I know some um, specific cases, people either disappear or they are given the opportunity. It sounds like way out there, but they have, you know, they're like, you know, bullied. Yeah. You know, to like, you know, either participate or they'll ruin their career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and so yes. I love these. We talked about that the other day. I forgot that we talked about it. You brought up so many things that I totally just forgot about. <laughs> and, you know, and we we're talking about bees and how much, you know, um, you know, because like, I think bees, like, I agree with you. It's just like having those colonies and having condominiums of bees, like all mm -hmm. over the world would be a really great idea. Yeah. You know, and, right. um, 
you know, it, and so it's it's important. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, yeah, it is very. They're very, very important and very. They they offer so much under under the guise of their little little bee bodies and then their combined collective apian mm-hmm. being there's like so much going on with them and mm-hmm. um all the, in a healing capacity for the planet and for individuals it's it's really amazing well if we could mimic a good beehive you know we'd all be really healthy yeah <laughs> right for sure yeah so let's talk about what you've got on um coming up here for for people to learn more and get more engaged with their health and to be able to be more empowered in well, besides, their own ecosystem, their own running organism. out on those on on Amazon and getting the book. Yes, <laughs> right. Know, which is which is important for you to do, by the way. Yes, um, I am offering a course called "Be Stronger Than Medicine." It's a course that helps you stop putting the cart before the horse. That helps you make your basics your norm. Like, what are my basics? You know, it's very personalized. And, you know, in what's my norm and making those that so much of your norm that you don't have to think about it. It's just part of your lifestyle and you move forward with that. Um, And so um, it's a four week course um, and it is condensed. um, And we're, we're going to talk about like what health is, what health isn't. Know now that health is not the absence, you know, of disease or infirmities. That's because you look at healthy doesn't mean you are healthy. There's stuff going on easily below the surface. And that's why the book is why you're sick, the sick part of the sick part of the book, the title, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this course is called um, Be Stronger Than Medicine. It helps you bust through the barriers of like, what's right for me? And what do I need to know now so that I've got the right stuff in my medicine cabinet, in my refrigerator, that is the new medicine cabinet. And um, and so that I can go forward so I can think better. I can feel better. I can move better. I can make better decisions. I can be stronger. I can be more balanced because food's medicine. Mm-hmm. And if we know how to honor that, and we know how to like portion it out and how to put the pieces of the puzzle of the food together. Then we can tie in the stuff that comes along after that, that goes with it. Cause you can't out exercise a bad diet. So you've got the exercise, you've got sleep and all these wonderful things that happen to you in sleep. And if you can get that magic three and four phase and you do it consecutively, you can always hit the ground the next morning, repaired, revitalized and restored for the, like that day. And which leads you into having that positive thought when you first wake up because positivity is so important. We know we're not positive. We don't digest our food very well. That's when you have the bloating, feel like you're upset. Oh, that that can be related to your outlook? Oh, yeah. Wow. Sure. That's fascinating. Yep. And so, you know, and then you have structure function, which is your posture. In order to have posture, you know, you have to be able to have muscles that are strong and you have to be able to have joints that move. So Mm -hmm. the biomechanics is really because pain is only an indicator. It's not a lifestyle. And so if you've got pain, it's just like, oh, red flag. Who do I go see? I go see a chiropractor. I want to see a biomechanical specialist on the spine. You know, you could see somebody else who does like alignments also. Um, but, you know, I'm a chiropractor. I'm going to tell you to go see a chiropractor. I see one on a regular basis. But there's something that they all have in common. Hydration. You what have it? to have hydration. You have to be uh, hydrated. Yeah. And so, because you need it to digest your food, you need it for exercise to, you know, so you don't get dehydrated because that's when majority of accidents happen. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you need it for sleep. 
you need it so the, so the brain can detox and do its thing. You need it for thinking better, thinking mm-hmm. better thoughts, doing good deeds, you know, be happy, do good deeds and thrive and don't forget your health. And so those are all going to be in, in that course and more. And then the third week, I have a special week that we're going to dive into you specifically. And we're going to take a look at, I mean, to have handouts that will give you, you will know between the third and fourth week, you know, if you're a good detoxifier or not, if what, whatever is going on in your environment, you're handling the foods that you need. And you'll also know the healthier gut but it's only a piece of the puzzle. And, uh, and then we go over that um, on the last week. So that course is for four weeks. It starts October 6th. And I would love to see people here. I would love to see you all there. Yeah, that sounds really, really valuable and a, a wonderful opportunity to take a deep dive into your personal health and how to how to be in a, in a state of homeostasis and a state of balance and wellness. Yeah. Well, you know, so many people are tired, you know, mm-hmm. at noontime, they're exhausted. If not, you know, they can't make it through their day. So this will give you an opportunity to put those pieces of the puzzle. So you're, you're able to break through that and have the breakthrough that you need in order mm-hmm. to get the results that you want. So it'll be simpler, better, faster, you know, yeah. and with, there's no magic pill. Just know that. <laughs> yes. And there is no magic pill, but you can do it simpler, better, faster and get, you know, and move forward, mm-hmm. you know, and not be stuck you know, in the muck anymore, you know, and then you can go forward. It's like, that will get you to another level. When you get to that level, you'll go like, it's a ha -ha moment. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. It's wonderful. Right. Right. Beautiful. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Pat. I have really learned a lot here and it is, um, it's just beautiful what you're doing to help people, to have this more holistic view of what what health is, what wellness is, and the power that they have within themselves to take control and to um, really be in the state of wholeness and health and wellness um, rather than trying to defend, you know, the symptoms that are showing up. Right. It's like, you know, you want, it's like, if something shows up, you pay attention to it. Mm. No Grim Reaper syndrome here. Right, <laughs> right. And, you know, because they're, they're important. Sometimes they accumulate and you don't realize it. So thank you yeah. so much for having the opportunity to share this information. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Well, be sure to check out Dr. Pat Ballone and her masterclass, Be Stronger Than Medicine, which begins October 6th. And you can check out her book, Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? So a lot of great information for her to share. And I thank you for listening. Please do share, subscribe, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.